Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. We, uh, those of you who are visiting us, we've been looking at the book of Galatians. Uh, we're coming towards the end. Um, Mark Curtis is speaking next week. He'll be finishing off Galatians with chapter 6, because that's the last chapter. That makes sense, doesn't it? Um, but today we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. There's loads of stuff in Galatians chapter 5, loads of verses you'll have heard. And also, we could probably spend a week on every single little chunk of it. So we're going to fly through it and get a bit of an overview. Because I believe Galatians chapter 5 in our series is, is wanting to talk to us about responsibility. Whoa. Responsibility. Okay, if I said to Courtney over here, what are you responsible for, what would it be? Okay, deciding what she's going to have for tea every night. She's also got a baby growing inside, so she's got a responsibility there. I thought, you know, it was obvious. I thought I'd start with you. It's fine. Um, You know, if I said to Paul Hardigan, what are you responsible for, Paul? He doesn't know work, something at work, okay. What about Raymond was responsible yesterday for running a marathon up hills and mountains, Okay. And he said today he might fall asleep in the sermon. I said, what's new? But anyway, um, so I might mention him occasionally just to keep him awake and alert. But responsibility, that word might send a shiver down your spine. I don't know, you know, when you've got responsibility for something. You know, Barry has got a new job this week and he's got a house and, uh, you know... So that, that's, he's got responsibility, haven't you? You've got a cat as well now, haven't you? Yeah, 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 okay. I think that's probably his biggest responsibility, knowing, knowing Barry. But responsibility, it's a big deal. I can remember when Joel was born and we went home. In those days, you could stay in the hospital for about five days so you could learn what to do. So we left Ros in there for the maximum amount of time just so that she knew what was going on. I had five nights of quiet and takeaways. It was great. Um, and then this little bundle of joy came home, and then people came to visit. People came round. Mum, my mum came up for a week. That was a responsibility in itself. Um, and eventually, you're left in a situation where there was me, Roz, and this little bundle of flesh. Okay? And I have to say, I was on my own with another human being to care for, and there were no instructions. You know, there was no label on him saying what to do at what time. There was no off switch, unfortunately. <laughs> there, was, there, was no, there was no anything. And actually, you'd think now he's 22 that that responsibility would have lessened. But if anything, it's probably increased. But actually, responsibility. I needed to step up. I needed to change some nappies, you know. Anyone here, anyone here never changed a nappy? I'm going to out you now, Okay. I'm glad to hear it, Barry, actually, you know, and Gareth, okay. I needed to, you know, I needed to take him, take him out to try and get him to sleep to give Ros a break. I needed to do all these things. I had a responsibility. I had to make sure that he got to be healthy. I don't know if I did a very good job there, but actually I needed to do all these things. I was responsible. No longer was I just Johnny, the the jolly joker, whatever, I had to be a man. You know, I had to grow up and I had to go, oh, I've got a responsibility here. I had to do things differently. And 
actually, you know, I couldn't let anyone else do it for me. I had to be responsible. So as we look at Galatians chapter 5, I want us to think about what our responsibilities are. Galatians has talked a lot about freedom and not living under law and rules, you know? Not living under that situation where it was all just following a set of instructions or doing things out of tradition. But actually, it was about a freedom. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. I'm going to read some of this from the message version. If you haven't got the message version, it'll be on the screen behind me. But Galatians 5 verse 1, a very famous verse in the NIV. But in the message, it says this. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. So we're rejoicing in God's victory. If Ian had been leaving worship this morning, that would have been the song, wouldn't it, Ian? We'd have had that one, okay? Because that's what it says. It is for freedom we've been set free. If you are a believer in Christ this morning, if you are one of Jesus's, if you've said yes to him, if you say, yeah, I want to be part of God's family, few of you did it last week, which is brilliant, then do you know you are free. You've been set free to be free. You've been set free to be free. But that freedom does come with responsibility. Ooh. And that's the bit we don't always like. That's the bit we don't always like. Jesus has set us free. You, me, and everyone who asks him to be part of their life. You're free. Free from your past. Maybe not all the time physically it doesn't feel like that. But actually God has said it's forgiven. It's dealt with. It's done. It's dusted. See it, say it, sorted. That's the phrase, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> but not in this state. You know, we've seen the fact that Jesus died for us. We've said yes to him. And it's sorted. It's sorted. You know, there's no longer a slavery yoke on you. But there is responsibility in these verses. What are the responsibilities in verse 1? It says this, don't you let anyone else put a harness of slavery on you. There's a responsibility. Don't you let somebody else put something on you that you shouldn't need to carry. Don't put that harness back on. There's your responsibility. You've got to do that. It doesn't say, I'm going to do it for you. It doesn't say it's easy, you know. Rules are quite important sometimes, aren't they? You know, I was being strict, Mr. Johnny, this morning because there were a lot of children running around and I said to one of them, feel my coffee cup. And he went, oh, I said, it would be a real shame if that spilt all down you. So actually, that's a good rule, isn't it? Yeah, keep safe. It's not because I'm being a killjoy. It's because actually I want everyone to go home with their face intact, really, which is quite a good thing. So actually... Don't let anyone else put a harness of slavery. We have a responsibility to stay free. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to stay free. But we've got to stop other people from enslaving us again or other things from enslaving us again. You know, that includes your friends. It includes your family. It includes your colleagues. Don't let, don't let them put a harness back on you. It's our responsibility because, you know, habits and all those things will try to creep back in. Christ has set us free so that we will live free. So don't let anyone else take that away. We're free. There we go, verse 1. It's nothing itself, isn't it? We're free. Verses five, 4 to 6 in chapter 5 says this. 
I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects. You know, the word religion is in there. People would think, oh, religion's a good thing. Well, actually, religion is something you do automatically. This afternoon, there will be about 65,000 people religiously going into a football stadium. Hopefully, the right side will win, but we're not going to go there. But they will religiously go and watch their team because that's what they do every week. That is a religion, if you like. But that's not what we're about this morning. We're about a relationship. We're about being free because we belong to a family, yeah? We're about being free because we belong to a person who has paid the price for us. It's about being free because we belong to a saviour who loves you and loves me enough to do everything and give everything for you. But we've got to be responsible. First of all, we've got to accept it. Secondly, we've then got to stop other people from snatching our joy and snatching our, snatching our freedom. And they will. If you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ and you fall out of grace. That's a scary phrase, isn't it? We've said what grace is at the beginning of this series. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. In other words, it's when you get what you don't deserve, <laughs> okay? It's when you get what you don't deserve. And God says, I've given you my son so that you can inherit everything. We talked about that last week, didn't we? And actually, we don't want to fall out of that, do we? Anyone want to fall out of inheritance with Jesus? No. And actually, he says, I'll never let go of you. But how do we fall out of that situation? Well, we fall out of it by just trying to live our own way. Because our heads sometimes think they know best, don't they? You know, anyone here ever done a skydive? No? Anyone here want to do a skydive? Okay, we can arrange it. Let's just take names. We can certainly practice off the balcony if you really want to. You know, put some crash mats down and be fine. But um, I, I'm, I'm not really great at just going in a plane. So jumping out of it, I don't think I'd be great at all. But if you were to do a skydive, do you do it on your own? No, why? Because of safety. If you were to go and do a skydive, all those people who put your hands up, the first thing you would do would be learn how to land so that you don't break your legs. The second thing that would happen would be, well, I presume it's the second thing because it's fairly easy, I think. They'd just take you up in a plane and throw you out. That's right, isn't it? No, they strap you to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah? So that you're not just going to fall out of a plane and splat on the floor. They tie you, they fasten you to somebody who knows what they're doing, an expert. They fasten you to somebody who knows how it works. And you are connected to that person for the entirety of your fall from the plane to the land, yeah? Yeah? That person who you're fastened to has probably also packed the parachute because I wouldn't want anyone else doing it that doesn't know what they're doing. And I'd probably jump out with just a rucksack and my gym gear on the back, you know? That's not going to stop me from plummeting to my doom. But actually, you're strapped to somebody who knows what they're doing, and they've packed the thing that's going to save you and help you, correct? Yeah? Is that a good thing? Yeah. Would you want to fall out of that situation? No. So can you see what this verse is saying? If you want to do it all by yourself, and just follow what you think 
then actually you're going to fall out of grace. Just like if you went up in a plane, packed your own parachute and jumped and hoped for the best, it's not going to work very well, is it? It's not going to work very well. And that is what Paul is saying here. He's saying, don't do it all on your own. You can be connected to the person who knows everything that's best. Through Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, you are fastened in to his grace. His grace is the thing that's going to save you. It's the thing that's going to give you an enjoyable fall. <laughs> but it's the thing that's going to stop you from death. It's the thing that's going to save you. It's the thing that's going to help you. It makes sense to follow the advice of someone who's been there first, doesn't it? Jesus has been here first. We said this last week, Galatians chapter 4. He became like one of us so that we would be able to know that he's been through it all. Don't fall out of his grace. You wouldn't want to fall out of a parachute. You wouldn't want to fall out of the grip of somebody who knows what they're doing and knows what it takes, would you? And yet as we live our lives... We sometimes think, I don't need to bother what God thinks. I don't need to bother what Jesus thinks because I'm, I'm saved. It's okay. But you know what? There are times where we go off on our own and metaphorically just jump out of a plane without thinking about it. When we can be connected every minute of every day to somebody who knows what they're doing and who will know and tell you what the best is. When I attempt to live by my own religious plans and projects, I fall out of grace. Why do it without the expert? Why do it without a parachute? Why do it without the gift of salvation? It then goes on to say, Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. <laughs> you know, there are people who are saying, Oh, I just don't... Just don't, just don't hear from God. I just don't see God in my plans and in my journey. I just don't see that. This verse is saying it's because you're doing it your own way. If you say, God, I want to live your way because you know what's best. You are the parachute instructor. You're the one I can be fastened to. You're the one I can be safely connected to. Then actually, we will find we have a satisfying relationship with his spirit. Yeah? There are people in this room who are starting to step out in spiritual gifts that they've been unsure to use, but actually it's exciting. People giving words for each other, even tentatively, are being encouraged that God is using them. And how is that happening? Because they're staying connected. And whose responsibility is it to stay connected? It's ours. It's ours. It was for freedom that he set you free. But don't let anybody else take that freedom. Listen to the king. Listen. Stop trying to do it all yourself. Be free with him. Are you still waiting for a satisfying relationship with the Holy Spirit? Maybe this morning you've given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're saying, I'm part of his family. I want to belong. But you're still waiting for a satisfying relationship with his spirit. Well, it takes communication. It takes responsibility. It takes doing it day by day with him, speaking with him, listening to him, hearing from him through his word, having the chance to say, God, what would you have me do? And when we know the things that he doesn't want us to do, then we're going to say, okay, if that parachute instructor said, don't pull on this cord, would you pull on the cord? No. And yet God is saying to us sometimes, look, don't do that. I'm a dad. I know what's best for you. 
I love you. And yet we choose to pull on multiple cords because we just want to do it ourselves. So there is freedom in Christ, but there is responsibility that we need to take. It goes on to say, for in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. Religion, either full-on religion or no religion, amounts to anything. But it goes on to say this. What matters, this is what matters. This is the parachute instructor telling you what matters. That you've got clean underwear on. That matters, okay? If you're jumping out of a plane. What matters is this. Something far more interior. Something inside. This is what matters. Are we ready to hear it? Yeah? Where's Steve Pryor this morning? Oh, he's there. Sit at the front in future, Steve. Yeah, okay. We need some more. Just you're encouraging me that you're... Raymond, you're still awake? Good, that's okay. What matters is this. You ready? This is what matters. And this is our responsibility. Faith expressed in love. That's what matters. Faith expressed in love. Religion, either full-on or non-existent, is just religion. It's just ritual. It's just tradition. It's just going through the motions. What matters is faith. That means belief and trust in him expressed in our love for one another, expressed in our love for our neighbors, expressed in our love for our enemies. That's what matters. A trust in him that is expressed in a love from inside. Galatians 5, verses 13 to 15, go on to say this. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. That's what God wants for all of you. Everyone in this room, he wants you to be free. Free. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Responsibility, again. We don't like responsibility, do we, necessarily? Because it means we've got to do something. You know, if I said every Sunday you've got to jump up and down five times while I'm talking at any point, and you have to do that or you're out, then most of you probably wouldn't come in fairness. But, but let's say you were really hardcore, you know, then actually you do that because that's your responsibility. But here it's saying that our responsibility is not to use our freedom as an excuse to do whatever we want. It's not enough to just say, yes, I want to say yes to Jesus, but then to carry on doing whatever we want to do when God is saying, no. I've used the image before. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the film, yeah? Okay? Think, think of, I believe God sometimes is a little bit like Willy Wonka in that film. He's not giving you a chocolate factory, okay? Don't get excited. But in that film, whenever the children run off and do something that he knows he's going to end up with disaster, he goes, no, stop, don't. Doesn't scream at them. Doesn't physically stop them. He just stands there going, oh, this isn't for the best. You're not going to get where you could be. You're not going to inherit. You're not going to get what you've come here for. And I believe sometimes God is like that with us because our responsibility is not to just use our freedom however we want to use it. But it's about using our freedom to serve him with faith expressed in love. Yeah? 
Yeah, good. A few of you are still awake. That's good. Okay. We're free, but we have a responsibility to use it wisely. You know, when my children got to a certain age, I allowed them to go to the shops. Ooh, okay. Didn't give them a load of money. Oh, not that stupid. But I allowed them to walk to the shop so long as they took their phone with them. And after about 10, 15 minutes, they would be expected back through the door. What was I doing? I was starting to give them responsibility for, for their actions. And what would happen if they didn't come back when I expected them to? What do you think? What was that, sorry? Wouldn't let them go again for a little while, yeah? At least, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not being funny, he's 22, I'm not gonna stop him going to the shops now. He can drive, you know, probably more like, I wouldn't catch him, he's very fast. But I gave him responsibility, but I gave him responsibility with things just to keep him safe and to show that he could be trusted in that responsibility. You know, maybe then you give them the opportunity to get a bus ride into town, yeah? I lived in Manchester and um, I take a big risk when I speak on a Sunday morning because my family do sometimes listen to the podcast. I usually know when because Phil phones me up to say, it didn't happen like that, Johnny. Okay. Or my mum phones me up and goes, what you well, I didn't know that happened, Johnny. I didn't, I didn't know about that, you know? But actually, I can remember the first time I was given permission to go into Manchester City Centre. And mum and dad, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. But anyway, <laughs> free to go into the big city with three of my friends. And we got on the bus and we were in the bus and um, I didn't use my freedom the way I know my parents would have appreciated me to because my friends decided we were going to try smoking. You know, sorry for those who do smoke, I'm not judging you, but at that age, my mum would have killed me, okay? But we decided this was what we were gonna do. And uh, they wanted me to be safe, they wanted me to be healthy, they wanted me to spend money wisely, they wanted me to go into town, enjoy my freedom, and come home and be free to do it again. But me and my friends had other ideas. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. I have to say, I was probably dragged along in the mess rather than it, because I was terrified of my mum, still am. But anyway. But I could have destroyed that freedom, yeah? And when I got home and my mum was like, <laughs> you know, and here's me thinking, oh, she'll never know. Johnny, you stink of smoke. Oh, it's the bus mum. In those days, people were allowed to smoke on buses. People were smoking all over the bus, you know. But actually, I'd use my freedom for the wrong ways. And sometimes I can get away with it. I won't now if she listens, will I? But it's too late. She can't ground me anymore. It's too far away. But actually, I could have used my freedom to do what I wanted to do, and it would have destroyed my freedom, wouldn't it? Yeah? It would have ruined that opportunity again. And that's what Paul's saying here to the church. You've been set free. So do the things that God would ask you to, not because he's a hard taskmaster, but because he wants what's best for you. He wants you to live for him. So instead of using our freedom to do what we want to, it says use our freedom to serve in love, yeah? And I can ask a few people in this room if I wanted to, that as you serve in love, does your love and your freedom get bigger and better? Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Donna said it really quietly then, but that was good. So that's good. You're getting there. Come on, Pete. Come on. I'll get four of you in a minute. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? 
as we serve in love, the welcome team who started a few months ago, you can see their dedication, their commitment, and actually, you know, they're growing in relationship together. But as we serve in love, it grows, it expands, and it actually blesses not just others, but us. But when we serve ourselves, we'll see what happens in a moment as we read the next few verses. So he goes on to say, rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. If I wanted to show love for my mum and dad, I wouldn't have gone and smoked in Manchester City Centre because it wasn't what they wanted for me. It wasn't the, the best that they had in store. I have to say, wasn't keen, didn't do it again. But hey, that's an act of true freedom. An act of true freedom is when we love others the way we want to be loved. Do you want to be free this morning? Love others the way you want to be loved. That's what, the, that's what the word says. That's what matters. Love others the way you want to be loved. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out in no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? Can you see? When you do what you want, it leads to annihilation. <laughs> It leads to disaster. It leads to us backbiting and fighting and falling out and squabbling. It leads to us taking chunks out of each other. It leads to destruction, not production. It leads the wrong way. 19 to 21 go on to say this. In the NIV version, these are described as the sins of the flesh. Okay? So in other words, the things that we naturally, our, our bodies, our brains perhaps want to do. Let's read what it says in the message version. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Okay? You ready for this list? These are things when we try and get our own way all the time. See if you agree. Okay? Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. Do we live in a world where that's happening? Yeah. Where people on the streets at Street Angels are being discovered half, you know, half half undressed but also not in their right minds is that really love no not at all when we do our own thing cheap repetitive loveless sex a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage we're living in an age where mental health problems are at a massive extent some of them can't be helped but some of them are because actually people are lonely because people haven't got friends they haven't got community they haven't got family because when we do things our own way and we give so much choice and no boundaries, we end up with accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. That sounds like Black Friday to me. Yeah? Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. I need the new iPhone. I need this. I need that. I need the other. I need the best. God has the best in store because he knows you. He knows you. And he loves you. Trinket gods. You know, people paying lip service or having a statue in their house or, or doing something out of ritual. Trinket gods. Magic show religion where there's no depth. There's no grounding. Paranoid loneliness. I see this a lot in our town. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants. 
a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved. The more people are throwing sex around, the less love they have, the less love they experience. Because it wasn't meant to be that way. It was never meant to be that way. Divided homes and divided lives. Do we see that in our society today? Yeah. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrollable addictions. Are we seeing these things? Yeah. Uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. In other words, community that's there but doesn't do what it's meant to do. I could go on, Paul says. Do we want him to go on with this list? No, because it's depressing, but it's real. When we want to do things our way instead of God's way, that's what's going to happen. And are we seeing that in our towns, in our country, in our world? Yes, we are. The Bible speaks truth. But there is hope. Paul says, this isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. If I stopped there this morning, we'd all go out there going, oh, great. I feel really down because actually there's no hope. Listen to that list of stuff. Oh, my word. How can I get out of it? How can I get away from my mental and emotional baggage, my paranoia, my loneliness? How can I get away from cheap, loveless sex? How can I get away from these situations? Well, there's hope because we have a freedom that will help us to grow, be filled, and be fruitful. Does that sound better? Yeah? Who wants that? Me? Yeah? A few people didn't put their hands up. That's a bit worrying. Okay? We want fruitfulness, don't we? We want freedom. Well, the famous verses in Galatians 5 are the fruit of the Spirit because these come straight after that list. That list is if you go your own way, this is what's going to happen. But Galatians 5, 22 and 23 say, but the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when we follow Jesus, when we have him filling our lives, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's responsibility. Self-control. So sometimes these things might be thrown at us, but we've got to be self-controlled and say no. We've got a responsibility to say no to, no to that, but yes to God. Against such things, there is no law. Do you know, we have a responsibility to live in a way that God knows will help keep us happy and healthy. Do we want to go that way? I'd rather go that way than the first way. If you've never gone that way, maybe this morning is the day you decide to start trying it. Maybe this morning you've never said yes to Jesus. If that's the case, then actually he wants you to be part of his family, but not just say yes, to keep saying yes and to keep looking up. Because it was for freedom you've been set free. Freedom! Yeah? Yeah, let's look happy about freedom, okay? And it's our responsibility to keep it that way. He'll do his bit. Because he sent his Holy Spirit to fill us. He sent his Holy Spirit to guide us. He sent his Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to give us this fruit that includes love. Want more love in our lives? Sow the Spirit. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Want more of that? Where's it coming, Where's it coming from? Steve's going for it this morning. Good Steve. Okay. Maybe you should stand at the back more often because it washes over everybody else. 
and they're infected by your yes. It's good. But we want that, yeah. Nobody in their right mind wants the first list, do they? Nobody in their right mind. Yeah, actually, so many of our problems in our world are caused by saying no to God's way. And this morning we can say yes. You might be a Christian, you might have accepted him, you might be belonging, but you have a responsibility to be free and stay free. To be free to love God. To be free to love others. To be free to serve others. You know, in the, the Fresh Start course, we talk about forgiveness one week, and it's hard. Forgiveness is tough. And at the end of the session, we encourage them to say a prayer of forgiveness that says, God, I thank you. I'm sorry. God, I forgive this person for this thing that they've done that made me feel like this. That's a good prayer, isn't it? But then it finishes by saying, and God, I pray that you will bless them. <gasps> That's tough. Because not only are we saying, I want them forgiven, I want to forgive them, I want them to be blessed. And some people go, can't do that. Look what they did to me. Well, you've not forgiven them if you're saying that, have you? But you know, if we say, God, I want you to bless them, then actually surely that's better because they're not going to hurt somebody else the same way they've hurt us. Because we're saying, bless them. If everybody in our world was blessed, would it be a different world? Yes, it would. So we need to stop fighting and start forgiving. Really. So we can love others a faith that loves others and serves others, then we will find that we will love ourselves better too. Yeah? Because we're not very good at loving ourselves. We're not very good, and that's not good for our mental health. I've spoken too long, I'm going to finish. So will I. Are we willing to be responsible? If you love, then so will I. What's the song we sing? You know, if you did this, so will I. If you do this, so will I. That's got to be our prayer this morning. That Jesus, you did this for me, and so I will do it for others. I will be a blessing. I will be responsible. Galatians 5 verse 25, finish with, with this verse. Since we live by the Spirit, if you're a Christian this morning, you live by his Spirit. It then says, keep us in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. Do you see the marathon runner a couple of weeks ago or last week? Yeah, the marathon runner who ran a marathon, not you, Raymond, sorry. He, he, no, no hills, no, but he ran it in less than half the time you ran yours. Anyway, um, oh, fine. You did really well, Raymond. I'm not belittling you. Okay. Me, you've got to understand, Raymond gives me no end of grief, so I am allowed occasionally to, to tell him. He ran a marathon in under two hours. That means he ran 100 meters. Every, every 100 meters he ran, he ran for 17 seconds. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? How did he manage it? He didn't do it on his own, did he? He had more than 40 pace setters. He had more than 40 people helping to keep him in step. 40 people so that he would finish his race the way he wanted to when he started it. And when he ran across that line, he was elated. He was full of joy. He wasn't going, oh, I've just run a marathon. I'm really tired. He was like, yes, 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 yes. And the 41 runners that run with him are going, yes, 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 yes. Do you know, this verse tells me we've got a pace setter that will never grow tired, that will never grow weary, and that is the Holy Spirit. And we have got to keep in step with him. Because if we keep in step with him, when we finish the line, we'll be going, yes, yes, yes. 
We won't be complaining about the tiredness. We won't be complaining about our aches and pains. We won't be complaining about anything because we'll just be full of joy because we're in step with his spirit. So Galatians 5, whose responsibility is it? It's not ours. It's not his, sorry, it's ours. It's ours. Keep in step. The Bible talks about sex in a good way, but it's messed up, it's misused. The Bible talks about many things that God made that actually we have taken and scrunched up and rubbed around in the dirt. It leads to hurt and damage. This morning, Christ wants to set us free, to stay free. Who wants it? Me. Let's stand.